You want a war? You're gonna get one. Now get the guns, the drugs, the multi-generational Hey yo, Reliving the War episode 173, the 15th of February 1999. Tonight we've got Raw coming live from Birmingham, Alabama, while Nitro takes place in Tampa, Florida. The WWF just presented their St. Valentine's Day Massacre pay-per-view the night before, while WCW's gearing up for Super Brawl 9 later in the week. There's lots going on and plenty to dig into, but before we do that, here's this week's jam-up couple, Chris and Jessica from San Antonio. Chris attended SmackDown recently and he brought along his own personal security guard to make sure no one stepped out of line. It's great to see the legend of Rolfus live on, so great job Jessica and a big thanks to Chris for sending in the photo. Our number one of Nitro then, let's see what happens as WCW builds up towards Super Brawl 9. Good news everyone, Kimberly is okay, thank god I was worried all week. According to Tony Schiavone, Kim suffered a mild concussion and a few scrapes on her face but it's nothing too serious. DDP's moved her out of the family home so she's not alone, Paige vs Steiner happens later this week at Super Brawl. Backstage, Arn Anderson chases Disco Inferno in the hottest game of tag we have ever seen on Monday Night Television. Anderson catches up to Disco but Doug Dillinger and the boys come in to pull Anderson away. Doug and Anderson are wearing the same shirt tonight, I thought I'd just point that out. Disco calls Arn a bum just as we cut over to Eric Bischoff loading some of Ric Flair's suits into a limo. Bischoff's gonna be Ric's very own personal chauffeur tonight and Ric tells Bischoff he can't leave the vehicle for any reason at all. Rick and a few of his business buddies get inside the limousine and it looks like Bischoff has a plan here, maybe he's gonna drive off a cliff. Jerry Lynn with an F versus Perry Saturn with a dress is our opening match and the commentators announce here that Scott Hall versus Roddy Piper has been booked for Super Brawl. The US title will be up for grabs even though Flair said last week that he was taking the opportunity away from the bad guy. Saturn had the match won, he stuck Flynn's head under his dress for a few punches before hitting old Gerald with a top rope splash. Scott Dickinson then jumped on the apron because he still hates Perry's guts. And then Chris Jericho tried to interfere but the Ayatollah got suplexed out of the ring. Jerry Flynn then hits a weak spinning heel kick and Flynn gets a victory over Saturn on Monday Nitro. Gotta say, I wasn't expecting this. Jericho vs Saturn happens again at Super Brawl by the way so Perry will have an opportunity to get a little revenge. Bischoff's driving Flair and whoever these other bozos are to the arena tonight and Rick gets a phone call. WCW security seem to be struggling with Arn Anderson and Disco Inferno and someone's ended up in the police station. Rick says Disco was supposed to be left off the show tonight but the nature boy's gonna handle it when he arrives to the arena. Bischoff's taking a detour, the road gets a bit bumpy and Eric says don't worry, Flair and these executives will be at the Florida State Fairgrounds in about 20 minutes. Bischoff then however makes a phone call, he says guys I'll see you in about 15 minutes. So clearly Bischoff's driving Flair right into an ambush. We learned that Bret Hart's going to wrestle Will Sasso tonight on Nitro as six luchadors make their way down to the ring for a tag team match. Hoovy, Psychosis and Blitzkrieg versus El Dandy, Hector Garza and Super Kolo. The crowd immediately started chanting boring as the match got underway. 
Make no mistake about it, there were a lot of fans who didn't care for cruiserweight matches in WCW. We do give the division a lot of praise today, but back then there were a lot of fans who only cared about the big boys of WCW. Still, the crowd couldn't help but go crazy when El Dandy stepped inside the ropes, a jam-up guy and a serious professional. The fans got more and more into the match as the guys performed bigger spots and the competitors ended up winning the audience over in the end. It's funny how that happens. Blitzkrieg won the match with a corkscrew 450 splash. Incredible stuff right here. Mystery Woman then tells Mystery Man that her towel's wet and she's hungry. She tells Mystery Man to order a salad and get some more whipped cream because, you know. That's all fine and ale dandy, do what you do in your own free time, but please clean that room up. And look, you already had two pizzas, you greedy shit. The last thing you need, Mrs. Mystery Woman, is a salad. By the way, I want to say hi to my one little fan out there. Hello, Smokey, my cat. Raw kicks off with Commissioner Shawn Michaels announcing the WrestleMania main event. On Nitro, Ric Flair reaches his final destination. HBK is back on Raw, and after St. Valentine's Day Massacre, Shawn can now officially announce the two men headlining WrestleMania this year. Shawn wants Mankind and Steve Austin to come down to the ring so the match can get hyped up a little, so Foley and Austin make their entrances and they stand face to face. Just as Michaels begins to talk, no chance in hell plays in the arena and out walks Vince McMahon, wearing a neck brace. Austin has a big smile on his face as Vince says he's standing before us tonight a broken man, a humble man. Stone Cold put 12 stitches in the chairman's head and he threw him off the cage last night at the pay-per-view, so Vince has apparently seen the light and he wants to be a better man. He wants to bury the hatchet and he wants a fresh start with Stone Cold Steve Austin. But McMahon wants Stone Cold to say, I'm sorry, <laughs> there's always a catch. Stone Cold says he is sorry, he's sorry he didn't beat Vince's ass worse last night at the pay-per-view, so Vince comes up with another plan, another way to screw over the babyfaces. Vince gets confirmation from HBK that Austin's headlining WrestleMania this year, Sean says yeah, he certainly is, and Vince then says Sean needs to do his job because everyone knows Mankind didn't beat Rock last night in the last man standing match. The match ended in a draw. Sean should give the people what they want, a Rock vs Mankind WWF title rematch tonight, and Mankind says he has no problem giving The Rock another shot but he wants some time to recover after the pay per view. Mankind says he'll fight Rock next week on Raw, and that's when The Rock makes an appearance. Rock says he's bashed Mankind's brain in over the last few months but tonight the millions want to see Foley go one on one with the great one for the last time. Rock calls Sean a Rudy Poo candy ass and he says Sean has to make this match. And Mick says he doesn't need Sean to do anything. Foley has testicles full of fortitude, so Mick ends up agreeing to the match. Vince says there has to be a winner and Sean has to make it HBK's kind of match, a lotter match. HBK calls Rock Nickel and Dime Chump Change, a little boy and a jabroni before confirming that yes, the ladder match will take place tonight on Raw. And to end the promo, Vince McMahon drops a bombshell when he announces the special referee for the WrestleMania main event. It's Paul White. The giant has left WCW, he got involved in an Austin vs McMahon match and now he's part of the WrestleMania 15 main event. 
Over on Nitro, you'll need to excuse the video quality in a moment as I jump between network footage and VHS footage. This episode of Nitro had technical difficulties apparently and WWE didn't want to upload the entire episode, but the VHS copy I found was absolutely fine, maybe the master tape wasn't in good condition or something. Anyway, Flair's limousine gets followed by a few hummers and we all know what's gonna happen here. Bischoff parks the limo before running away and Rick tells his executive buddies to stay put, there's nothing to worry about. The NW approached the vehicle and <laughs> oh my god, what a disguise, I have no idea who that is, no idea at all. Flair steps out of the limo and he wonders why Hogan just couldn't wait until Super Brawl. The nature boy throws the first punch and it goes downhill rapidly for the president of WCW and the rest of the NWO begin attacking him. Flair gets beaten up pretty badly and the WWE Network version cuts out Hogan jabbing a stick into Flair's head along with Hogan whipping Flair with his weight belt. And check this out, it looks like Hogan's pulling the stick out of Flair's ass, <laughs> sorry. I don't think this was removed due to being too violent or anything, seeing as the entrances for the next match were also removed from WWE Network. But there you go, Ric Flair's been destroyed by the NWO and it looks like the Super Brawl main event is now in jeopardy. Double J and Deborah take on D'Lo and Ivory next on Raw, on Nitro, Benoit and Malenko face Fit Finley and Dave Taylor. Right, you're, you're gonna need to get your notebook out for this one. This tag team tournament was already a mess, but now it's turned into a double elimination tournament, apparently. Benoit Malenko have already lost the match, as has Finlay and Dave Taylor, so whoever wins this match will face Mike Enos and Scotty Riggs later tonight, another team who have already lost the tournament match. Whoever wins that match later tonight will then go on to Super Brawl to face the team of Kurt Hennig and Barry Windham. Now, because every team wrestling on Nitro tonight has already lost a match, they'll need to defeat Hennig and Wyndham twice at Super Brawl because Hennig and Wyndham are undefeated in this tournament. And I have no fucking idea why they decided to convolute this as much as they did because it makes absolutely no sense. The reason given was because the NW interfered in too many matches. So you know how to fix that little problem? Yeah, it's pretty simple. Don't book the NWO to interfere in so many matches. I know this is an absolutely bizarre suggestion and it's hard for WCW to comprehend. It's like, what? Don't have NWO interference in matches? Are you mad? But they could have saved themselves a lot of bother by just having a tournament without booking all this other nonsense around it. The match ended with Benoit hitting a diving headbutt just as Malenko was turning Dave Taylor over for a cloverleaf. Taylor taps out, so Benoit and Malenko face Anus and Scotty Riggs later tonight. On Raw, this mixed tag team match doesn't start off too well when Deborah falls off the apron. She lands on her ass and she laughs as Jared helps her up. Great job. Dilo hits Jarrett with a jumping leg lariat followed by a clothesline, he then misses a second rope knee drop and already Double J's going for the figure 4. Ivory runs in to break up the move and when Dilo hits his lowdown, Deborah runs in to break up the cover. The loudest pop of the match comes when Deborah and Ivory start fighting with each other and this leads to Dilo and Jarrett trying to keep the women separated. When Ivory turns her back, Deborah hits her with Jarrett's guitar and this one ends in disqualification. Certainly not the greatest match we have ever seen on Raw, let's move on. After the match, we see Paul White shaking hands with members of the corporation. Everyone's happy to have WCW's giant on Team Corporate and yeah, what a great signing this was. Paul was young, he was a former WCW champion, he was involved in WCW's main event picture for most of his run and he's just such a unique performer in regards to his sheer size. Next up on Nitro, the Nitro guards address Kimberly Page while over on Raw, D-Generation X lay out a challenge. 
The Nitro Guards join the commentary team and even under these pretty serious circumstances, the commentators can't help gawking at WCW's Monday Night Dancers. Spy says the girls felt a lot of fear when they saw Kimberly tumble out of the car last week. Everyone's very concerned about Kimberly and Spy says the Nitro Guards have passed on all the kind messages that fans have given them for their fallen comrade. Mrs. HBK Whisper gets a little choked up when she speaks directly to Kimberly. She says the Nitro Guards miss Kim, Kimberly's in their hearts all the time and to prove how much of a leader Kim is, she phoned the Nitro Guards today to give them some encouragement for tonight's show. Bobby Heenan made a good point earlier on though, it's very possible that Kim jumped out of the car to get away from Steiner and it's very possible that Steiner didn't lay a finger on Mrs. Page but more on that later on. On Raw, Triple H says China must be feeling pretty good right about now, saying his last night was the first time she's ever been on top of a man. I think. Uh, okay. So Hunter wants to wipe the smile off China's face and have a rematch tonight. China, Kane, and Shane McMahon come out to the stage, and Shane says the match isn't going to happen. China already pinned Triple H, and China did a fantastic job too, so the ninth wonder of the world has a night off. X-Pac then gets a great idea, he says the corporation should trade one bitch for another and instead of China wrestling tonight, Shane McMahon himself should team up with Kane to face DX. Shane agrees on one condition, X-Pac must put his European title up for grabs in this tag team match. X-Pac says he'll do it, so that match takes place a little later on on Raw. Val Venus is getting prepared for his IC title match tonight by having a little smooch with Ken Shamrock's dirty sister, and Mankind's getting prepared for his WWF title match by climbing a dirty ladder. Looks like McFoley's struggling a bit. The Val Venus vs Billy Gunn IC title match is up next on Raw while Bret Hart takes on Will Sasso on Nitro. So Will Sasso's got himself a match on Nitro and in 2002 he'll also make an appearance on WWF Smackdown. He comes to the ring with his Mad TV co-star Deborah Wilson. He's all smiles right now but little does he know he's stepping into the ring with his excellency. The best there is, the best there is, yeah you know the drill. Sasso falls for the old test of strength routine and fair play to him, he takes a pretty hard clothesline from the hitman. Brett kicks the crap out of Will in the corner and yeah sick bump right there mate. Brett hits Sasso with a leg drop before kicking him out of the ring. The hitman then grabs a steel chair. He takes a seat in the middle of the ring before smacking Will off the apron. Brett then pours water over Will's head and on the outside Sasso gets choked out with some TV cable. Brett tries to use that steel chair, Deborah takes it away, and Deborah turns heel when she hits Will with a few very weak chair shots. Brett locks in the sharpshooter, Sasso taps out and Deborah Wilson raises Brett's hand in victory before we go to commercial break. I'm sure Will Sasso fans got a kick out of this but I'll be honest, it means very little to me seeing as I didn't watch Mad TV and I didn't really know who Sasso was at the time. Our comedy TV programs back then were way different to yours in America, so yeah, I can't really say much about this because I don't have a fair opinion really. Sasso did take a few good bumps though so I'll give him that. Val Venus won the Intercontinental belt last night at In Your House, so Venus now has Ken's sister and Ken's IC belt. Way to go Shamrock, you should have stayed in the dojo. The two trade hands at the opening bell with Venus getting the better of Billy. Billy answers with a neckbreaker that was reminiscent of the rude awakening, and Val answers with his new signature move, the hard on clothesline. Whoever suggested that the Venus needs to reevaluate their life because it wasn't funny. 
Venus misses a headbutt and Billy replies with a backdrop. Ryan Shamrock then gets on the apron because she fancied a little walk or something, I don't know. But she gets knocked off when Billy hits the ropes and Billy stops to see if Ryan's okay. This leads to Venus winning the match after a German suplex, so Val is still the WWF Intercontinental Champion. After the match, Ryan says to Val, we did it, and Val tells Ryan to hold up a sec. The icy belt can only go around one person's waist, and it certainly isn't Ryan Shamrock's. Venus says it's been good, real good, but it's time for Mrs. Shamrock to hit the bricks. Val Venus is on a rocket to the top, and there's no room on this ride for Ryan. After a commercial break, Billy Gunn seemed trying to comfort Ryan, but Ken Shamrock thinks Billy's trying to root his sister, so Billy gets attacked and officials try to break the fight up. Promos next, faction promos, the Ministry of Darkness on Raw and the New World Order on Nitro. So the NW arrive via the back door looking like a bunch of bank robbers or guys who just got done beating up Ric Flair. Hogan says, and I quote, The brothers should go back and have a party on Hollyhood. I'm not joking. Wood from the Hollyhood. The brother has lost his mind. Translated for those not on Hogan's level, the Hulkster wants his NWO friends to leave the ring and have a little drink, all expenses paid by Mr. Hogan. The boys leave and Hulk says Hollywood goes from the East Coast to the West Coast. This Sunday, WCW wanted Hogan to fight Flair in San Francisco, but the way Hogan sees it, Flair deserved to get beaten up tonight. Hogan then says he'll give Flair a match inside the ring tonight. Hogan's gonna put the belt up a little early and defend the championship against Ric Flair on Nitro, but only if Ric Flair can come out to the ring before the count of 10. We all know that Flair's in a ditch somewhere getting pissed on by Raccoons and Eric Bischoff, so Hogan knows that Ric isn't gonna make it down to the ring. Roddy Piper walks down to the ring instead. The US champion gets inside the ropes and he says he's sick of Hogan calling all the shots in WCW. Roddy Piper is Hogan's reality check. He's still the acting commissioner of WCW, somehow. And so Roddy Piper books himself in a world championship match against Hogan. Man, these WCW presidents, executive committee goons and commissioners abuse their power way more than Eric Bischoff ever did. That match is gonna happen next on Nitro, so strap yourselves in. Piper vs Hogan in 1999. Sounds like an absolute thriller. Over on Raw, the Ministry of Darkness get in the ring and Paul Bear tells Vince McMahon to pay attention to what the Lord of Darkness has to say. The Undertaker says very soon the WWF will belong to the dead man. One by one, everyone will fall to the Undertaker and the Ministry, and it all started last night with the big boss man. The Ministry decided to let Bossman go in order to send a message. The Ministry of Darkness can take anyone out at any time they desire and there's nothing anyone can do about it. The Undertaker says he owns the key to Vince McMahon's heart and the key to Vince McMahon's soul. This is what gives the Ministry the upper hand in this upcoming war. McMahon's been too busy with his petty obsessions while The Undertaker has amassed an army that will destroy Vince McMahon and the corporation. Every soul the Ministry takes is in the name of a greater power, a power that's even more great than The Undertaker. And with this greater power and with the Ministry of Darkness, The Undertaker will own the World Wrestling Federation. The boss man shows up and he says The Undertaker won't be taking over the corporation anytime soon. He issues a challenge for tonight, any three Ministry members against boss man and two corporation members. And The Undertaker says boss man should be careful what he wishes for. That match happens later tonight, but who is this greater power that The Undertaker speaks of? There was no mention of Alex Wright signing with WWF in the dirt sheets, so I'm at a complete loss.
X-Pac and Triple H vs Shane McMahon and Kane happens next on Raw while Nitro presents Roddy Piper vs Hulk Hogan. Piper pulls the ski mask over Hogan's face before he attacks him. Hogan can still see perfectly fine, so I have no idea why Piper did this. Hogan takes the mask off and Piper uses it to choke the champ out, and on the outside, Hogan takes shots at the guardrail and at the ring steps. Back in the ring, Hogan begs for mercy but he gets none from the hot rod. A poke to the eye gets followed up with an atomic drop and Hulk's able to take control when he goes to the outside and he smacks Piper's leg off the ring apron. After choking the US champion out with his own shirt, Hollywood grabs a chair. Roddy takes a shot right across the back and Hogan then whips Piper with his weight belt. Inside the ring, Hogan chokes Roddy out and the referee's letting everything slide in this one. Piper gets choked out in the corner and he takes a few punches with the weight belt tied around Hogan's fist, but Piper just completely no-sells everything that's happened to him in this match when he takes the belt away from Hogan and the Hulkster gets a taste of his own medicine. After taking a weapon, Roddy locks in his signature sleeper hold, a move that Hogan's fell victim to numerous times. So Scott Hall runs down for the save and Piper gets zapped with Hall's trusty cattle prod. DQ finish, Hogan keeps the world belt. Hollywood tells Flair he'll give him one more chance to come down tonight and fight for the WCW Championship, and Scott Hall puts on Piper's kilt and the bad guy has a lot of fun at Piper's expense. Gotta admit, this made me laugh. Piper vs Scott Hall happens this week at Super Brawl. Not sure how good the match quality is gonna be, but we'll find out this Sunday when I cover the show for Reliving the War. If you want to see it early, it's available now over on Patreon. Over on Raw, Triple H rushes Kane with a series of right hands, but a clothesline to the back of the head puts Hunter down. Shane McMahon then tags in, and when Hunter gets to his feet, the boy wonder quickly gets out of the ring. He then tags Kane while standing on the outside, and someone needs to tell Shano that that's not how it works. The Big Red Machine puts Hunter and X-Pac down with a double clothesline, but DX come back with a chop lock and a spinning heel kick combo. X-Pac ends up on the outside where Shane tries to get in a few cheap shots, and when X-Pac gives chase, he ends up taking a clothesline from China. Back in the ring, Shane's now full of confidence as he lays in the right hands, and as soon as X-Pac starts showing signs of fighting back, Shano quickly tags out again. Hunter comes in to hit Kane with the facebreaker knee smash and the hearty race knee. Kane repairs Hunter with a big boot followed by a diving clothesline. Shane McMahon thinks Hunter's easy pickings right now, so he tags in and again he shits himself when Hunter fights back. This time Shane gets caught and Triple H tags in X-Pac, allowing Waltman to do some damage to his new biggest rival. China gets on the apron and she grabs Kid, but the plan backfires when Shane accidentally hits China. So X-Pac gets Shane in position for a Bronco Buster and no, Kane chokeslams Pac from the ring apron. Hunter runs over to fight with Kane and these two end up on the outside of the ring. They go all the way back up the rampway while China hands Shane the European Championship. Shane then clocks X-Punk while Triple H is busy with Kane and Shane McMahon wins via pinfall, meaning we have a new European Champion. Triple H runs back down but he was way too late. China is able to pull Shane out of the ring and Kane tries to get back inside the ropes to fight with Triple H, but China pulls the big red machine away. Remember this when we eventually get to WrestleMania. After a commercial break, the corporation celebrates Shane's big victory. McMahon Jr. announces that he's going to WrestleMania and he even tries to pour a drink on Kane's head but the big red machine's trying to stay dry this month. He only has a few weeks to go.
Steve Blackman versus Bob Sparky Plug Hollies next up on Raw. On Nitro, we check in with the nature boy Ric Flair and Scott Steiner's attorney. Hollies defending his hardcore title here against a literal god amongst men, so say goodbye to that championship, Mr. Holly. Blackman suplexes Holly on the stage and the crowd boo and both men disappear to the backstage area. You know, these hardcore matches are starting to play out the same every week and I don't blame the fans either. You kinda pay to see the wrestlers in the ring, you know? Anyway, we go backstage where Blackman kicks a fridge. The fridge never recovered. Holly throws a TV at Steve but Blackman's cat-like reflexes saves him from losing his head. Sparky Plug though is able to hit Steve with a metal sign or whatever it is, so Blackman throws Holly into a few empty beer kegs. The camera work here is awful by the way and the WWF still had work to do when producing these matches for live TV. The two head outside where Holly gets rammed into an 18 wheeler and then we see what could be the greatest mudvug kick of all time. Look at that, my god. Again in slow motion. Yeah. Some random Rastafarian attacks Blackman afterwards and oh never mind it's straws. His new gimmick must be based around headwear, I don't know. The disguise fooled me though and it definitely fooled Blackman. Holly pins Steve, Holly retains the hardcore title and let it be known it took two men to defeat Big Stevie Cool on this evening. Holly runs back to the ring, he thinks he's hot shit right now because he's won and defended the hardcore belt in the space of 24 hours. He calls out the WWF for giving him weak tag team partners, lousy gimmicks and goofy names. And Bob, mate, it's not our fault you couldn't make the most of a race car gimmick. Stop being such a giant bitch. So Holly calls out anyone who wants to step up to the plate and there he is, Bart Gunn. Looks like WWF actually found something for Bart to do. Gunn says Holly must have forgot that he was once his tag team partner and Bob says no, he hasn't forgot about Bart. He also hasn't forgotten that Bob was the only man that Bart couldn't knock out in the brawl for all. And guys, let's go back to episode 142 of Reliving the War for just a moment and let's see what I had to say about that particular brawl for all match. Gonna get the old Brawl for All scorecard out early and show you how I scored this one. Round 1, Bob Holly gets battered. Round 2, Bob Holly gets battered. Round 3, Bob Holly gets battered. Southpaw Bodacious Bart absolutely annihilated Sparky Plug without trying a single takedown. In round 2, it looked like Bob was gonna cry. And, and after another round of sheer domination, Bob looked like he completely regretted his decision to fight in this tournament. Hardcore Holly would make up for this though by attacking defenseless rookies on Tough Enough and getting his head wrecked by Brock Lesnar, so aye, good job Bob. Yeah, nothing to brag about, Mr. Plug. Bart Gunn says he wants to fight Bob next week and Holly says he'll show Bodacious Bart what an Alabama ass kicking's all about. I'm looking forward to it. On Nitro, Ric Flair gets picked up by a lonely truck driver. Oh no, this big boy might want a piece of the nature boy, if you know what I mean. He's a truck driving, pizza frying, food stealing, drug dealing, son of a bum and Ric might be in trouble. Turns out I just see the worst in people and this lonely truck driver gives Rick a ride to the arena. All Rick can say is fairground and the driver knows exactly where Slick Rick needs to go. We cut over to Scott Steiner's attorney. We don't know his name but I'm gonna call him uh, Mr. File. Yeah that's a good attorney name, Mr. File, first name Peter. 
Peter says Scott Steiner suing DDP for attacking him last week. A multiple count complaint has been filed by the big bad booty daddy alleging that DDP committed assault and battery, resulting in bodily injuries which in turn resulted in disabilities and impairment along with mental and emotional pain and suffering. The fucking troll levels are on point. Scott wants $1 million saying as his ability to work has been severely limited after that attack last week. A subpoena has been issued for DDP to appear before a grand jury and Dallas could face 15 years in jail. On Raw we've got a Sable promo along with the Ministry vs the Corporation. On Nitro it's Mike Enos and Scotty Riggs vs Chris Benoit and Dean Malenko. Look, I know no one really cares about this Nitro tag team match and I don't blame you guys at all either. I've never seen a wrestling tournament held by a big promotion on TV that's been handled so badly and yes, I'm including the 1995 King of the Ring tournament in that statement. This is also the final match on Nitro because the main event doesn't happen. I know I've said other guys should get a chance in the main event plenty of times but Scotty Riggs hasn't been seen on Nitro since Raven's flock broke up and Mike Anus refuses to win matches, he flat out says no, please pin me, so it doesn't feel rewarding watching this matchup, it feels pointless. In the middle of the match though, we cut over to Ric Flair and his truck driving cowboy pulling up at the <coughs> neon cowboy rest stop. There's the blue oyster bar from Police Academy, the toolbox from Wayne's World 2 and the neon cowboy from WCW Nitro. Rick's like no I don't want to go in there so his truck driver mate puts him back in the passenger seat and he says he'll get him to Nitro right away. You can guess now who wins this Nitro tag team match and I can tell you that you're absolutely right. Enos taps out to the cross face so Benoit and Malenko face Barry Windham and Kurt Hennig at Super Bowl 9. Mystery Woman tells Mystery Man he promised to go to a mysterious meeting. So Mystery Man has to go to the mystery meeting right now but not before spending another few minutes with Mystery Woman. Our guy seems very busy doesn't he? I sense some manipulation going on here, something's not right. Over on Raw, Sable says she doesn't get a moment's peace these days. Kevin Kelly's just about to announce that Sable's gonna appear on the cover of Playboy magazine and Sable pulls the mic away to make the announcement herself, what's that all about? She also says she's going to be on the cover of TV Guide and Raw magazine. She's got an appearance coming up on Regis and Kathy Lee. She's got movie offers, TV offers, everyone wants Sable. Crazy fan lady gets stopped by our main man Jim Dodson once again but this time Sable says let her go. The fan tells Sable that she loves her and Sable calls her a nut. This lady's been harassing Sable because she wants to be just like her idol but no one can be like Sable. This woman's just a wannabe like all these other fans. Big Jim takes the fan out of the ring and Sable puts her shades back on so it looks like we're dealing with a heel Mrs. Merrow from now on. To be honest, I'm all for it. So we've got Test, Shamrock and Bossman representing the corporation against the acolytes and Midian of the ministry. The Undertaker has spared no expense. We get a typical brawl at the beginning of the match and when the dust settles it's Midian and the Bossman inside the ring. Actually these are the only men who get in the ring during this match because there isn't a single tag made. The offense is very standard here from both Midian and the boss man, nothing special, punches, kicks, clotheslines, that kind of thing. Midian counters a pile driver attempt with a back body drop and boss man comes back with a clothesline. When boss man covers the former hog farmer, the acolytes run in to break it up and then we get another brawl between all six men. The lights then go out in the arena, the undertaker's music plays, the action stops in the ring and look, the ministry have abducted the new European champion Shane McMahon. Midian and the Acolytes stop the corporation from helping Shano and the Undertaker says he should carve Shane's heart out here on Raw's war. It's not like Shane's dad would care all that much. 
Undertaker grabs Shane and he says he's got something for him. Shane cries, don't cut me. But it's not a knife, it's a letter. Shane's instructed to give the letter to Vince and Shane needs to tell his dad that the letter's from the Lord of Darkness. Ric Flair vs Hollywood Hogan scheduled a headline Nitro but as mentioned it doesn't happen. On Raw, it's The Rock vs Mankind in a ladder match. Hogan and company make their way down to the ring and Hulk says he and Big Kev saw Ric Flair walking around backstage in his robe. The nature boy got scared and he locked himself in his dressing room. Hogan wants to give Flair one more shot at the belt tonight so this time the nature boy gets a 20 count. If Rick doesn't show up then he's missed his opportunity. The NWO start counting down, we cut backstage to see Ric Flair arrive at the arena like Kimberly Page. His new, definitely straight neon cowboy buddy helps Rick to his feet and the nature boy is going to walk to the ring to fight Hulk Hogan while holding an axe handle. Rick can barely walk, he stumbles into the arena and he stumbles through the crowd as he tries to get to Hogan. He looks like me after a few pints to be fair. Rick crawls into the ring and he's got no chance at all here. The NWO mess him about before Malenko and Benoit step inside the ropes but there's just too many NWO guys and the horsemen get annihilated. Rick ends up on the outside where Buff Bagwell beats him up with that axe handle. Flair gets put on the floor and Hogan takes a few shots at the Nature Boy too. It ends with the NWO once again surrounding Rick and the beating continues right up until Nitro fades out. But just before the show ends, we see Scott Hall talking to the mystery man. Now you see how it's done? Don't mess it up. The Rock cuts a promo before his ladder match against WWF Champion Mankind. He says, finally the great one has come back to Birmingham, collectively the biggest piece of trailer park trash The Rock has ever seen. The fans chant Rocky sucks and Rock says the people can boo him all they want, he's going to be WWF Champion once again after this match. So if Mick Foley's feeling salty tonight then Rock will be Mankind's tequila. Rock tells Mankind to lick a little salt and take a shot but don't get drunk because Mick will wake up with The Rock's food in his ass and his fist in his mouth. Mankind hobbles down to the ring during his entrance. He's followed by Stone Cold Steve Austin who's gonna join the commentary team so he can get a closer look at this matchup. The bell rings and we begin with Mankind knocking the rock off the apron. The two then fight on the outside and both men take bumps at the ring steps. Foley's bump was way more brutal than Rock's, naturally. Rock talks a little trash to Stone Cold before throwing a steel chair in the ring. And Rock drills Mankind's knee into the chair in an effort to incapacitate the WWF Champion. Rocky then goes outside to grab the ladder. He brings it inside while Foley grabs a chair. Chair defeats Ladder on this exchange. And Mick smacks the ladder a few times while Steve Austin approves on commentary. Rock gets body slammed in the middle of the ring and it's time for the Mankind Elbow. Michael Cole calls it Mr. Elbow. Mick tries to climb up for the belt but Rock hits him on the knee with a chair shot. Rock then remains hyper focused on the injured body part as he sandwiches Foley's leg in between the ladder. The challenger proceeds to beat the ladder over and over again with that chair. So Rock then tries to climb up and grab the belt. Somehow Mick's able to stand up and Rock gets pulled down. Foley then grabs the chair and he lets it go after smacking Rock across the back. Mick tries to grab his belt but he ends up getting his arm tied up in the top and middle ropes when Rock pushes him off. This could have been the finish right here but the match continues on. 
Mankind gets freed and he decides to hit a low blow on the rock. The two then fight in the crowd and they make it all the way back to the entranceway. Rock knocks a barricade over and Mick takes advantage with an elbow drop, but he tries one too many times and Foley drills Mr. Elbow into the barricade. The two go back through the crowd and Mick hits his knee off the ring steps after taking a clothesline. Rock follows this up with a suplex on the rampway. Mankind then gets choked out with some TV cord, but Rock then takes a Foley-like ring step bump and Mick's back in with a chance here. Foley sets Rock up on the Spanish announce table. He's looking for a double arm DDT, but Rock hits a low blow and Foley takes a rock bottom. All Rock has to do now is grab that WWF title, but again, somehow Mick stands up and he punches Rock right in the corporate balls. Rock then takes a double arm DDT and Austin tells Mick to get his ass up that ladder, but Mick goes for Mr. Socko instead and he ends up taking a DDT. The two then fight at the top of the ladder and then Rock takes Mr. Socko. And just when you think Mick's got it won, Paul White walks down to the ring. Paul White is here to ruin the ladder match for Mick Foley. Mankind takes a huge chokeslam off the ladder and Paul White tells Austin that he's next. Stone Cold stands up and the crowd pops, but their attention's then drawn back to the ring when Rock grabs the WWF title. The Rock is now a three-time WWF champion in the space of three months, and The Rock's gonna headline WrestleMania against Stone Cold Steve Austin. Austin accepts the outcome, there's nothing he can do about it. What he can do though is get in the ring and hit Rock with a stunner just before Raw fades out. Nitro was much better this week in terms of overall structure, but I'm still giving it to Raw. The latter match was very, very good. The Ministry sending a mysterious message that Vince McMahon will keep fans coming back next week. Mid-card matches weren't overdone, and plenty of time was left over for the main event. Nitro was okay, better than last week by a mile, but there were no standout matches on TNT this week really. The tag team tournament matches in particular were ridiculous. Brett was wasted in a celebrity match, Jerry Flynn actually pinned someone, so yeah, not great. Raw's on 86 points, Nitro's on 68 and we've got 19 ties on the board. In the TV ratings, Raw won with a 5.9, another impressive number from the WWF. WCW's 3.9 rating should have been a cause for concern, but with the Raw debut of Paul White in a ladder match for the WWF title, WCW didn't stand a chance really. Up next is WCW Super Brawl 9, Steiner vs DDP, Conan and Ray vs Nash and Luger, Piper vs Scott Hall and Hogan vs Flair. The card does look pretty stacked and remember we've got the usually great WCW undercard work in the show too, so please join me later in the week and we'll check out what happened. Again, if you don't want to wait it out, Super Brawl 9 will be available on Patreon by the time this episode of Reliving the War makes it to YouTube. Thank you so so much for watching guys, I do appreciate it, and please Take care. Like Jay jiggers up the fuckers who didn't write anything are getting washed. Like bathing, young hova. I know hitters like Yankees, gun toes, the pull triggers like crazy. Unloaded, leave you shot up in your rope, and your body goes limping, slumps over like A Rod in a month low, but he just homeward. Hold up, I said Rover, because now your rover is red, like red rover, so you know what I meant, but I wrote over my opponent.
homeless instead making dog sounds Cause I gotta keep breaking these bars down I'll go slow for the spits But when I go root like the Doberman said I still think the root would go over your head Beast mode, motherfuckers about to get hit with so many foul lines You think I'm a free throw, figured it was about time For people to eat crow, you about to get outrhymed How could I be dethroned? I stay on my toes like the repo A behemoth in cheap clothes From the east coast to the west, I'm the ethos And I'm the goat, who the best? I don't gotta say a fucking thing though Cause I'm seasonal, we fuck rap Bustle like an addict with a semi-automatic Who done had it and he ready for anybody to buck back Hold on, catch a vibe, ain't no way you